how people get mad at um, folks who are getting verified mm-hmm. or like, eh, why do you care so much about getting verified? Look, I don't. I do not. But you know who does? The companies that I want to sponsor me. Mm-hmm. Because you and I understand the number of followers you have on Twitch doesn't matter. It matters how many active live viewers you have. Yeah. Companies do not understand that yet. They do not get that. But if I have a check mark, every company understands on social media, check mark is good. Yeah. Or then more followers you have, that's good. Right. So that's why we keep chasing numbers. I'd be happy. Like, I'm ecstatic. My community is so kind. We're great. We say good morning to each other every morning on Discord. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still small, and companies are still like, eh, you only got, like, what, 7,000 on Instagram? Like, ugh. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what do you <laughs> want from me? Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today, I am super excited. I have Ash Vandaly. Welcome. Hello. So glad you're here. Thanks for having me. No I appreciate. Problem. I always appreciate the invite to podcasts. I think it's yeah. really nice because like, you spend your time. This is your thing. And you're like, come on into my thing. And I'm like, thank you so much for having me. No no problem. So my, my pod is dedicated to capturing stories of content creators. And that's all it is. So every week I try to get somebody new. Um, originally, we started doing focus on the Escape from Tarkov community. And mm-hmm. then it branched out to some Fortnite people and uh, ended up meeting Break, who, you know, half F1 and half, you know, gaming. And I found your stream. It's like, oh, man, that, that she, she would have a great story. So that's how we're here. I got a lot of stories. I can talk a lot, too. Maybe that's good. Stories. I can just talk a lot. So we can <laughs> fill up an hour pretty easily, depending <laughs> how long you want this podcast to be. All right. Well, it's your pod. We can go as long as you want. So what we normally do to start things off, we start with three random questions. Are you ready? Yes. All Are right. these rapid fire? Sorry. Not really rapid fire. No, they <laughs> tend, some of them tend to go for a little while. So don't worry about, you know, quick answers. Oh, so okay. when you uh, were growing up, what did you want to be? Ooh, that's a great question. I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, very cool. All right. Last movie you saw. Oh, uh, it was on the plane. Um, I watched the new uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yes. Yep. That was oh, pretty great good. Film. And favorite place you've ever traveled? Ooh. That's hard. I, ooh. Ah. I've been very fortunate and very lucky and privileged to travel a lot because my family's originally from Poland, so we go visit my grandparents. Um, Yeah, my parents immigrated in 1985. Oh, wow. Um, So I'm the first-generation Polish-American, and we visit, we have family back there, so we visit. But every time we visit, we always, like, make a trip to go somewhere else, so, like, Portugal was absolutely beautiful. Oh, cool. Um, and then recently this summer, I went to Amsterdam for TwitchCon. And I think that just happened to be really good fun, not only the city, but also like just the friends I was with and the company yeah. I was with. Nice. <laughs> so. And that was at your first TwitchCon? Yes. Oh, very cool. All right. We'll, we'll ask about that a little bit later. So, but first, before you hit that go live button, what's your background? Um... You mean like what do I do before I hit the yeah? Like button before you find that go live button, you you jumped onto Twitch. What did you do? How did you get from you know to how did you get to Twitch essentially? Oh wow, great question. I think like a lot of more recent creators is because of the pandemic. Yeah, um, stuck at home, couldn't really socialize or go out. So like sure you can text with friends and FaceTime. Yeah, but uh, eventually I found Twitch because I started playing Stardew Valley because I got a Nintendo Switch. Nice. Um, to pass the time and start playing some more video games. 
so I went on Twitch and I started watching people play Stardew Valley, and then I found people. Me, my brother, and a group of friends played Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, just to, like hang out. It was more like a phone call. Mm-hmm. We never took it seriously. We just like sat in bushes and like yeah. talked to each other. <laughs> like we were never <laughs> we're, like guarded a house. We were definitely like those campers that like people would stumble upon us and be like, "What are you guys doing? You're camping." And we're like, "No, we're just like talking to each other. We don't feel like going on the phone." Um, and I think. I told I mentioned it to my therapist that I was doing Twitch because I'm very open about my mental health and yeah. my um, general anxiety and now ADHD. And I mean, in addition to the anxiety, my anxiety did not turn to ADHD. <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> two different things. Um, and she's like, oh, why don't you start a community for motorsports on Twitch? Yeah. And I was like, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but eventually, there was a goal we worked towards. So December 2020, I hit that go live button. And my first game I played was Portal because I was the most comfortable with it. And yeah. I just I play it like twice a year because it's just so fun. It's yeah. just so easy at this point. And eventually, the F1 season started around uh, March of 2021. I had my brother and my best friend Sal join me, which was nice because like we all kind of knew about sports. Like yeah. Sal's really good with sports. My brother knew about Formula One, and like I'm comfortable with like my brother. So it was like easy to start doing that, and yeah. just and it just kind of just kept rolling from there. Oh no way! So where did the love of racing come from then, or when did that start? Mm. Um, as I mentioned, my family is Polish. Yeah. Um, my dad, I always say he's the conductor of any hype train of Polish people doing something cool. <laughs> so Robert Kubica was in Formula One. He came into my room. He's like, we got to support this Polish guy. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. And we started watching Formula One. And that then, was it? Yeah, that was really it. I started watching Formula One when I was what, 13, 14. Yeah. And then when I went to college, I went to college in Florida. So the Daytona 24 was really popular and uh, learned a little bit about NASCAR, et cetera. Yeah. And then as I started streaming, some people asked, they're like, hey, if you did this for F1, like, would you be interested in doing it about NASCAR or like going to IMSA stuff? And kind yeah. of, ex- and I realized for content creation, everyone's like, oh, you need a niche. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I realized Formula One is too niche, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, yeah. I can kind of backtrack a little bit and go into motorsports. Right. So sure, I only did Formula One watch alongs, but now I've added IndyCar and NASCAR. Um, yeah. And of course they conflict, which is a whole scheduling prioritizing <laughs> thing. But yeah, I've kind of stepped back from like the niches of niche of like diving and like I feel like motorsports pretty niche enough yeah. from the sports category. Uh, so that's where I am right now. Oh, wow. Holy cow. Yeah, it is. You're so right, though. Like if you just focus on F1, that is, you know, that especially over here in the States, you have NASCAR to choose from. You have rally, you have, you know, motocross. There's so much more than right. just F1 that you could, you know, expand to. Yeah, and eventually, it's interesting. I was talking to um, one of my friends. He was he was saying like he's not getting more any he's not getting any more followers on, for example, on TikTok. Yeah, and he has three hundred k, I think, for yeah. F one. And I was like, yeah, at some point, it definitely tops out. Like mm-hmm. at some point, you're you're done with F one fans. Like that's all you get. You're it's all if you're thinking about the people who like Formula One. Yeah, are on TikTok, like your kind of content. Yeah. And just keep narrowing down the categories of your audience. Maybe you've yeah. just topped out there. Right. So, um, yeah, then you're just going to go into more broader yeah. uh, general motorsports and try to capture them. Yeah, absolutely. So now you know, from you know, your teenage years to now, what have been some of your favorite racing moments that you've you've seen? Um, I was in Coda when Kimmy won. That was yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> and I was fortunate enough to go to a MotoGP race, and that's yeah. insane. Oh, I um, bet. I've seen, I, I mean, I always go on, when I'm on stream, I, when we talk about MotoGP, I'm always like, oh, type in Mark Marquez saves, because he's like top 10 saves, like contemplations that people put together of him just saving the bike when he's yeah. like completely laying down while going so quick. 
it is crazy. So I think being that MotoGP race in Coda in the same year as um, when the Kimi win was yeah. pretty fun. Uh, Daytona 24 is my first experience this year, and I'm obsessed. I think the whole culture around it and just being at Daytona yeah. during the 24 is a whole experience that you definitely need if you're a motorsport fan. It, so because you're there your full day, like what do you, you know, where are you camping out or what's what's the. OK, don't tell everyone, right. but I mean, I didn't stay the whole time. <gasps> okay. OK, did you just some people the last do few race, last few laps? Oh, no, I was oh, there okay. till like I we just saw the fireworks show. I think I was there to around like 11 ish. Yeah. Midnight. Let's just say 11. I'll be fair. Right. I'll say 11. And then we woke up super early and came back around 536. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I missed a couple. It's fine. It's, yeah. But we were I mean, we were all there. Sat. We were all there Friday, part of Saturday, most yeah. of Saturday. And then me trying to backtrack into how many hours I've been. Everyone's going to be like, wow, you're not a real motorsport fan. You were in there for 24 hours. Where do you, I need sleep, okay? And I'm not okay. I'm, I'm okay to admit that. Some people do bring hammocks yeah. and sleep in the grandstands. Some people just bring sleeping bags and sleep in the grandstands. And that's all right and dandy. Yeah. Some people have like the whole camping spot reservation, which is yeah. a whole own culture, which is pretty cool to see when you're driving through. Uh, I am someone who needs a hotel bed. Mm-hmm. I'm from New York City. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't camp. Um, you can't pay me to camp. Yeah. So I will be at the Airbnb if you need me. <laughs> then I would not recommend you going to Bristol. Oh, no. Why? That's campers and trailers. That's You're, you're in the back hills of Tennessee. And uh, that was my first NASCAR exposure, first track I went to. And mm-hmm. I thought I was going to die. I went there with my friends from Mississippi. And we're like, where are we? We're in the middle of nowhere. And we will go up to the, the uh, up to the uh, track, and I'm seeing they're letting people bring beer, their coolers in. It's like this is not yeah. going to end well. And it was the friendliest sporting event I've ever been to in my life. Oh, I love the coolers. That's a whole thing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So now, what was so unique about the 24 hour that you know that's just like it's like wow, that was amazing. I you know definitely need to I experience think it with Bristol. Yeah. Similar to the 24, everyone's just excited to be there. Yeah. Or like everyone, the the cars, right? The new LMDHs that were there, people were pumped to. The access you get as like a, just a general fan. Yeah. Well, um, in all these motorsports, except Formula One, which we yes. can talk about some other, mm-hmm. we can talk about later. It's just, you're right. Like, I can touch this LMDH. Like, I'm so surprised. Like, you can key this car. Like, <laughs> they trust so many people. It is insane how close you can get. And the drivers yeah. are right there. So, just the accessibility, the buzz, everyone's just excited. Yeah. And um, at some point for me, it's white noise. Yeah. Uh, but my my friend who I bought, he was just like, oh, God, it's so loud for 24 hours. Like, my head hurts when we get back to the Airbnb <laughs> with everyone. And I was like, oh, to me, I love it. Like, it's right. just, you fall asleep to it. Like, that wasn't an issue at all. Yeah. But as someone who is not used to hearing that sound mm-hmm. or for, especially for that long period, it's just like, oh, my gosh, my head hurts. Yeah. I was like, no, I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you, hit a, you hit the nail on the head there with the, the experience, the accessibility you have. Like, I've done, after that mm-hmm. Bristol race, we did uh, Daytona and we've done Charlotte with hot passes. And it is, like, like you said, you could key the car. Like, you know, oh, there's Danica. She's just getting out of the car. Can I get a picture with yeah. you? It's like after the 400. Sure, yeah. It's like, it's, it's amazing the accessibility you have. And just oh, how the drivers are so, I mean, they're like, right, they're like walking back and forth. They yeah. just stop them and take a selfie. Notice on an IndyCar too. Yeah. They're just scootering back to the paddock and you're, and you're like, hey, can you take a selfie? Or like Tony Kanaan's just walking around and people are grabbing photos with him. And yeah. Everyone's like, oh, great. This is like a normal day. Right. Yeah. You know, like for the national anthem, you know, you're on the, you know, you're standing there right next to you. Look, oh, oh there's, there's everybody. And it's just, yeah, it's, right. it's a re- really neat experience. 
it might be even more lost on me. But if you're a kid and you get to experience yeah. that, you're, it's just like that sense of wonder. I guess you're like, oh, yeah. this is so cool. And how you can just talk to the engineers or talk to the pit crew. There's someone, he sees a kid staring at him while he's yeah. like fixing fi Firestone was there, right, for IndyCar. He's doing some of the tires and he like calls the kid over and he's like explaining what he's doing. Yeah. Because it's just right there in his face. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. For kids and families, it's definitely worth it. Oh, totally. And, you know, speaking of kids, so I got a couple of neat stories I heard. So when we were at the um, Coca-Cola 400, we were watching, uh, you know, the drivers were going up into their, their Sunday morning meeting, right, to get, you know, final instructions and whatever, you know, uh, news. And Carl Edwards comes up. And he's about to go in, and there's a kid there in a wheelchair. And he stops, and he goes, hey, you want to come in with me? So he takes the kid in, into the driver's meeting with nobody's allowed to go except for drivers and, and officials. And I was talking to the lady afterwards, and it turned out that that kid was a, a make-a-wish kid. His favorite driver is Carl Edwards. He spent the entire weekend with Carl Edwards. But mm -hmm. for the driver's meeting, nobody's allowed in. But he said, you know what? Bring him here. When I go in... What are they going to say to me? And that's, you know, he went in there and it was, it was really cool. I guess in the meeting, he said, you know, when I, if I win this race this weekend, I'm going to give, you know, that kid the trophy. And yeah, it was, it was something special. And it's, you, I feel like they just care a little bit more yeah. differently. I don't want to say there's like F1 just like hates kids. Like, no, that's just but, it's... but like, it's just something about these other racing series that they're like, this, this is second nature. Like this makes sense. We should do this. Like, right. I, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to add on to that. So the same lady, she had another story for us. She said, um, cause you know, Jeff Gordon always had a good, a good mm -hmm. reputation being, you know, with kids and whatnot. So what she said is when Jeff was just starting out, I guess he walked by a bunch of kids and just ignored them. I guess Dale senior took him up, threw him up against the wall and said, don't you ever F and walk by those kids again. Those kids will be fans for life. And I don't know if that was a turning point for Jeff to be fan friendly or kid but it was like, I love hearing those stories. It's just so cool. I mean, he has a point. Like, that's how you get fans, new fans in those kind of memories. Because otherwise, yeah. those kids are like, oh, wow, that guy's a dick. And I don't want to root for him ever. And, <laughs> exactly. and he could just be having, like, a bad day, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that was it. There's something recently on Twitter. Gosh, I think it's the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Me looking. Wow. This is a girl know about hockey. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm a Rangers fan. Um, and... It was this little girl who's a junior reporter, and she got shushed away by another reporter. Yeah. And I remember someone commented, and they're like, if you ever did that in the motorsport paddock, we would absolutely annihilate you. <laughs> like, you could not do that to kids or, like, someone who's, like, trying to, like, yeah. break in or something. Oh, that's cool. So let's jump over to video games for a second. So where did video games start for you? Hmm. For some reason, I'm remembering, well, obviously, Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. But I also remember on the PlayStation, original PlayStation, um, Need for Speed with my brother. Yeah. And I remember a lot of GoldenEye. Yeah. Not on the PlayStation, obviously. Yeah. Um, so around, like, those are the kind of games I played. I think I grew up with, I mean, my older brother, so he was really into video games. And I also grew up with some family friends who just wanted, just like four of them, and their parents were like, here, play video games. Be yeah. Distracted. <laughs> so every time I went over, it was just like, yeah, let's play this. Yeah. And then over the years, what have been some of your favorites that, that just stuck out for you? Sure. I like puzzle games. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big, like, I'm a big crossword person. I'm a big puzzle person. So some of them are, it's called um, The Room Series. And you mm -hmm. can do it in VR, which is kind of fun. But essentially, uh, the room is like they try to make it some like mysterious, like there's like a story to it. Yeah. Not that I can remember what it was. 
but you're essentially just solving puzzles and throughout different rooms and some of the puzzles are interconnected and things like that i feel like portal is just one big puzzle with yeah. an actually pretty good story and like a spunky sassy um evil robot yeah so i really appreciate that but mostly those but i've played um god of war recently um i never played the last of us and i right that's popular with hbo yeah. show and chat was like you need to play it but i'm i get jump scared really easily mm-hmm. so i played a little bit of it then i was like Ooh. I'm just going to go on Twitch and watch someone else play, <laughs> yes. play it. Mm. Oh. And now, all-time favorite game? Oh, I don't know if I have one. I don't know if I can just pick one. Yeah. All right. You're telling me if I had to play one game for the rest of my life. Yeah. Or it's the last time you ever play a video game. What is that video game going to be? I got to pick a really long video game. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, keep me alive the longest. Yeah. Um, oh man, ah, I really liked. Maybe it was because I just appreciated the mechanics and the story behind it. I appreciate the uh, God of not the most recent God of yep. War. It was the one right before Ragnarok. Yeah, um, that was a really good one. All right, that works. So let's talk about streaming. So when you hit that first go live button, what was that? You know, what was that experience like? Were you nervous or were you already comfortable because, like you said, you were doing it with, you know, your friends and your brother? First pressed it. I was a little nervous because, oh, gosh, there's I'm sure you've seen everyone and their mother has some kind of video of like what to do to be a top streamer. And you're like, oh, gosh, I better watch all these videos so I can be a top streamer. And then I have all these like, notes in my head of what to do, what yeah. not to do, like make sure you do this, make sure you do that. And then you just realize it's there's if you enjoy talking, which is like you enjoy talking, you obviously thank people for coming in and you just don't stop talking. Yeah. It just kind of comes naturally at some point. Of course, you refine it by doing certain things. And that's why I kind of like streaming and motorsports in general, because you just never stop learning. Mm-hmm. So I've taken like certain classes to be like better to not specifically for streaming, but taking classes to or to watch YouTube videos to get better at something to be then better at streaming. Yeah. Um, but no, the first time I pressed it, it was I think it was OK. And then you just kind of learn. You get people coming in. And it was really just the the rest of the branding on social media that you have to do. Yes. It's a big one. Yeah, absolutely. But now, what about when those strangers first came in and started talking to you? They're like, where do they come from? What, you're talking to me. What are you watching me for? Yeah, it definitely gets strange, especially if I was playing something silly. Like, I was just doing Call of Duty with my brother or whatever. Yeah. Or, um, But you, you realize people are just kind of like how I found the Stardew Valley streamers or the Call of Duty streamers. Everyone just wants a place. I, I kind of think of Twitch as like a bar. In yeah. Each, channel is a, a different bar and different vibe and that's yep. fine you just got to find one and try different different ones out to see what the vibe is and if you want to hang out there and be a patron there yes yeah <laughs> so yeah so i just trying to make myself very clear about what i was doing and who i was and what the point of the channel was and i guess during the pandemic with the with my anxiety and then motorsports coming along um it really people kind of resonated with that yeah oh excellent yeah, the whole bar relationship is interesting. I've had a couple of people on, and they said, yeah, you know, basically, I'm like the local local bar. I'm the barkeeper, you know, bartender. I come in and, you know, just talk to people and, and you know, help and be friendly. Yeah, it's really funny, though, when someone gets angry, and they're like, I just said this. It's my opinion. And I was like, yeah, it's my fucking bar, so leave. <laughs> like, I, can't, I don't care who you are. I don't care if it's your opinion. Everyone's yeah. got one. Shove yeah. it up your butt. Like, everyone gets so defensive. I was like... No, this is not a public website. I mean, it's a public website, but this exact channel that you're on, I can do technically whatever I want yeah. with you. 
And I would like to kick you out. And I'm going to do that. Goodbye. (laughs) You know, speaking of, you know, sort of that interaction, what's been the toughest thing since, you know, going live on Twitch? Or just on social, you know, being a sort of an influencer and a streamer, content creator? Um, I think one one thing is constantly pumping out content. People have noticed this. I'm, I'm kind of happy that people said this to me. They're like, wow, you put out a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, thank you. I thought it was just like... Everyone was doing it. And they're like, "No, you put out something every single day on all social media." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "I thought that's what we're supposed to do." And they're like, "No, you're the." Only one. Um, and I, I haven't slowed down, but I've just recognized that if I I don't have to force myself to do something, yeah. Um, just being on just being on top of that or making my workflows just a little bit easier, mm-hmm. whether it's from stream or anything else. Um, another thing, I don't know if the other streamers talked about this, but parasocial relationships that people develop with the streamer. Mm-hmm. It's really weird sometimes and people are like i don't tell everyone believe it or not on my social media because i feel I'm, people think i'm pretty open yeah and especially on my streams they're like oh wow we talk about everything i was like yeah but we i don't i keep certain things from you yeah i've actually lied about certain <laughs> things to keep myself safe right like you don't know <laughs> you don't know certain things and there's a lot of things i leave out about my day mm-hmm. my job my actual title, like all these things that I've shared with you. And, and then someone uh, eventually, someone recently messaged me about something Yeah, and I responded and they're like, Oh, we know you better than you think. And I was like, no, you don't, you don't know anything. <laughs> and I think that's an interesting boundary that you have to set. And just remember, it's like, just, just like either ignore the message or just ha, whatever it is. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable, like make sure like that person gets dealt with, of course. Yeah. But if it's just, just keep those boundaries and like keep that information or anything you want private. It's totally your prerogative as a streamer. Oh, absolutely. Cause there's, you know, as many good people are, it's just takes one, you know, bad apple and yeah, you just, you never know. Yeah. I think it's also just maybe mental, emotional load, mm-hmm. like having another person like in your life, like asking questions. And I'm like, this is so, and it's also, it's weird for the streamer. Cause you guys know us or right. like, the information we give you. I have no idea who the fuck you are. Yeah. You're just, your name is Some random... Fire Bear 555. Like, yeah. I have no idea what you look like. I know nothing really about you except like your personality when we're talking on the chat a little yeah. bit. But I've been in, I've been to motorsport like races where someone will come up to me. They're like, oh my God, Ash, like, it was so great to see you. I hope your drive was okay. Like, I know the Toyota Camry you rented out was giving you trouble from Twitter. And I'm like, who the frick are you? Like, <laughs> do you have a name? Like, why? Yeah. Do, like, <laughs> Can you please shake my hand and be like, hey, this I am Firebear555. Yeah. Nice to meet you. How was your rental? Because I know I broke down from Twitter or something like that. <laughs> She's just spouting off all these random facts. I'm like, how do you know this? <laughs> uh, and, you know, to add on to that, you know, you, you know, you said you went to TwitchCon and being mm-hmm. TwitchCon. So you went to TwitchCon sort of as, as you know, you have a dual dual role or um a dual experience. One is as a fan, you're going and seeing peers and whatnot, meeting first people. Also, people who are fans of you meeting you. So, like, you turn this way, there's a fan. You turn this way, now you're the fan of that person. That must yeah. be an, an interesting experience. That was pretty cool. But I think now being, excuse me, a streamer myself, you just realize that streamers are people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, we're just all people. And it's okay. Like, I know some people get nervous, and I understand, like, with my anxiety and stuff. But it was nice to have other content creators there. Um, folks who I've met through um, Twitch and just talk about either content creation yeah. or Twitch stuff. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's freaking annoying. And I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. 
because of course I can talk to my my parents, my friends about Twitch, mm-hmm. and they'll listen. They'll try to understand. But you need to have something like you need someone who's gone through it with you right. <laughs> to be like, oh gosh, that was annoying, and you'll yeah. be like, oh thank you, yes it was. So yeah. it's definitely cool to see how many people went as one fans, two yeah. as streamers, um, and how the whole like how Twitch essentially bought everyone together to like really intermingle and break down those barriers of like, oh I'm a streamer, I'm a fan. Be like, no, let's just all right, we're all just hanging. Yeah, and I it's funny how many niches there are. So I was hanging out with some Tarkov folks, yeah, in Amsterdam, and then. They're like, oh, that's so and so, and I was like, I, or I was talking to someone else, and they're like, oh, that dude's huge in like this other country. Yeah. I was like, oh, great, he was really nice. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. funny how different different folks value different people, I guess, or like how like the, for example, the Tarkov community is so big, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, that's so cool, it's so and so. I'm like, oh, that's so and so. I was like, oh, that. I was just talking to him about like the chocolate pudding that they were serving. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, now you bring up a good point about you know your you know your not struggles but like you know you're having a tough day and talking to your parents about it they have no concept of what's tough or what's not um i've had a bunch of people on like you know deadly slob and markstrom or you know from the larger tarkov community and they have a a team together a group where they would get together every sunday evenings and just you know vent because they don't you can't vent to your friends your irl friends have no idea how you know the struggles of like, yeah, my numbers suck. Why is this? And bouncing ideas off. And that's so important, yeah. I think, to have peers you can, you know, be open with and understand what you're going through. Damn. I do that occasionally. But that's such a good idea to do it, like, frequently. Uh, myself, I do that to Blake sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, Blake, look, I'm down. <laughs> What's going on? And he, like, checks me. And he's like, yeah. stop. You need to not do this. He's like. And it's kind of nice to bounce ideas off each other. And there's another great streamer um, currently, uh, Red Bull content creator as well, Pondin. Mm-hmm. Um, great kid, and we'll we'll talk about stuff from time to time. Because yeah. I also look at streaming as like a, a business, and mm-hmm. I know that's a way to look at it. But some people just go on to stream to stream, and I'm like, great, awesome, right. cool for you. I'm very much, I guess, the way I want to look at it is a business. Be like, you want certain numbers, you want to put out certain production. Yeah. I want to make sure, like, I look at myself, I rewatch my streams. I don't get too deep in my numbers, but yeah. the numbers are important. What are my other, what are my competitors, quote unquote, my, the other Twitch streamers doing? Yeah. What are they doing well? What can I improve? Mm-hmm. Things like that. So him and I will just bounce outside ideas off each other. And he'd be like, oh, I was thinking this. And I was like, oh, well, like, why don't you put this kind of twist on Perfect. it to make it a little bit different than the other streamer? So yeah. that's a good idea. We do that like occasionally. Yeah. I feel like once a week is definitely good enough. <laughs> or uh, we can definitely come to each other and be like, oh my gosh. Absolutely, because you have, you know, parallel things or similar things that you probably stress about or, you know, just question about. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's, you know, it's great. And and Blake's a great guy. He's actually been on the pod. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely brought, my, brought myself down from, like, <laughs> spiraling in my head from, like, stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, why am I not getting this opportunity? Or, yeah. like, what did I miss here? Like, what did I do wrong in this video? And he's like, nothing. Yeah. At some point, it is out of your control. Right. Absolutely. It is your uh, slave to the algorithm. Just mm-hmm. put out the stuff you want to put out. Oh my god! Thank God! Thank you, Blake. You're <laughs> right. You're right. I'm just being. I'm just being a little sensitive today. <laughs> and now, you know, since you hit that go live button or started creating content, what's been sort of you know some of the you know wonderful moments, some of the, you know highlights? Like, holy crap! I can't believe that just happened. It's always when someone messages me in. I've gotten a few messages. It's like, hey, my daughter watches your stuff or like yeah. my daughter likes looking at your content or I do some educational content on women in motorsports. And they're yeah. like, yeah, my daughter like watched your video and now she's doing a report on this woman because you mentioned it in her video. And I'm like, yeah. 
my daughter appreciates like wants to like is playing Gran Turismo now because she saw you playing it with the controller because we can't get a wheel yet but she's super interested in like trying it yeah. and like racing like like those always make me like tear up <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are like oh that's so cheesy I'm like no that really means a lot that yeah. one that you like trust me with your child <laughs> to watch <laughs> yes um because there are definitely moldable minds yeah um and to that yeah that i garnered some interest in motorsport mm -hmm. it's something that's really passionate to me so i'm yeah. like oh, hopefully they we can welcome in this new fan this new person in um if not even children i've had someone say like hey me and fian me and my fiance just like watched all your content and we really 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 appreciate it this yeah. is really cool stuff like that simple message so if you just do that to your favorite content creator today anyone listening go to your favorite content creator just shoot him a dm be like yeah. thank you so much like i've really enjoyed this i had a great time thank you so much yeah it like really goes a long way <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome and you, you know you just brought up something that I, I wanted to get into a little later but now is a good time mm -hmm. to get into it you know somebody's daughter reaching out to you and you know showing interest and in, into the motor sports and nascar's you know they've had some females that like Danica and, and past females and even in the, you know, the lower circuits now, and even my local track, you know, I took my daughter to a, a race last year and, you know, they, you know, the 14 year olds went around and they get out and they start to talk. And it's like, dad, that's a girl. It's like, yeah, that's a girl. Olivia. Yeah. No, you know, it's like, wow, they let girls race. Yeah. They let girls race and they kick ass. It was just, you know, but when you look at F1, I'm surprised there's no, females that have cracked into that upper echelon yet i mean if you look at the numbers it's not surprising yeah um i actually did a video about this today um if you think about how many boys get into go-karting yeah and how many barely make it to f1 yeah think about how little how like the small number of women or girls get into go-karting yeah and like of course they're not gonna make it to f1 like one person I think in 2018, the British in Britain, yeah. the go karting license ratio for boys to girls under the age of 16 was 14 to one. Oh, so wow. if you think about that, yeah, and then increase the numbers, and then of course one one boy will make it to F1 eventually as right. he grows up. And if you're looking at those numbers, if one's going to make it from that group of yeah. men, like who's going to make it from that group of women? But, um, but luckily, we have a lot of other motorsport series like GT World Challenge. Yeah. Um, NASCAR, there's your own NASCAR, fun fact. <laughs> so, <laughs> but even the fourteen to one ratio seems it seems low though. It's like I'm surprised that that's yeah. you know it's just especially today's day and age, you know, where you have the accessibility and there's no the roadblocks shouldn't be there. I hope they're not there. I think with our generations, it's changing. Like for example, like you bringing your daughter to the yeah. track, and I think we'll see in like twenty years, thirty years, more women. Yeah, but I, I remember growing up that my like i would get told not to do certain things or certain yeah. sports because that's not what a girl does like i was right. told i distinctly remember this i was climbing a tree <laughs> my, one of my favorite trees in a park where i grew up and my mom's saying don't do that to me like girls don't have scraped legs because it's going to look bad in your dress and i was like that is ridiculous i remember thinking as a child like this is stupid yeah this is i'm gonna climb this tree <laughs> but even at the age of 30 i still get stupid comments saying like oh you're a woman why should i listen to you about motorsports I'm like oh my god yeah, that is still dumb, dumbfounded that there's idiots out there that still act that way, especially on Twitch. It's just, it's just, I don't get it. I think it's, I had to, I don't know. I was going to say, I have to remember that Twitch is a bunch of little kids. And then I was like, I don't want to be like, some kids are actually pretty nice. I don't want to like generalize all these <laughs> yeah. children. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to change in the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Absolutely. 
but because of what's been done and because we have the attitudes of folks who are raising the kids now right um or around the kids and can mold their minds and being like and just as boys can do whatever they want girls can do whatever they want absolutely. to you want to swap sports or go to sports or vice versa go for it yep absolutely so now from from a streaming standpoint if somebody was going to go live for the first time what kind of advice would you give them don't do it no i'm just kidding, <laughs> I'm just kidding. um but you know what? You're not you're not wrong with that. So I had I had a um, Devil Dog Gamer on, and he was uh he that he said yeah don't do it. The stress, the the mental aspect of it is just it's killer because you're sitting in a room six hours a day or eight hours a day just you know it's there's yeah there's some some truth to that. I mean I feel like I lucked out because I do not do that. My streams are like well not my watch along streams yeah. my week streams where i just do sim racing it's like two yeah. hours i'm like i'm gonna go call it but i realized during my watch along days for example or during the days where it's multiple motorsports i'll be going out for eight 12 hours yeah um i guess i got wow i have i have so much advice that i could possibly give um my biggest one is i always ask people this oh people do ask this they're like hey what should i do if i want to start streaming i was like anyone could start streaming yeah do you want to start streaming to start streaming? Because that's fine. That's easy. You just you don't even need a camera if you don't want to. Yeah. You just need a you just need a software in the game and you can start streaming. Do you want to be a successful streamer? Now we got now we got a whole different set of rules. Yes. Um because if you because anyone can just start streaming. But um some maybe some like quick mistakes that I've seen or like newbie mistakes is like you do constantly need to keep talking. Mm-hmm. Because I'll join streams for like beginner sim racers or sim racers that are, have like one or two viewers and they're not saying anything and it's just silence and they're just sitting in the dark. Yeah. And I'll be in chat and I'll say something and I'll try to have a conversation because I know what that's like. It's hard right. also not to talk if no one's talking. So I'll just like try to start a conversation. I'll send like a bunch of messages and either yeah. they don't have chat open or they're just not reading it. And then I'm like, okay, maybe they, they don't want to stream to get like they're just streaming to right. stream. So if you're one of those, it's totally fine if you don't want to respond to messages. But if you do want to get popular, I think one of the biggest things that I've realized people have complimented me on is responding to most messages. I got mm-hmm. I gotten better at like filtering ones I don't want to read out loud. Yeah. But most of the time they're not I mean, ninety nine percent of the time they're not bad. Like I'll read every single one out loud. I'll address every single one. Thank for every follow. Like yeah. people just want attention. Mm-hmm um also keep streams inter- interesting and i don't mean this in a negative way at all but you know how do you remember how in kindergarten the teacher would always change it up with themes and like my teacher had really cool outfits depending like what yeah. book we were reading what day you gotta do that for streams it's yeah. like a kindergarten class you gotta keep them entertained <laughs> um so i have like a banana costume i got my firehawk hat from indycar recently you just keep it fun keep yeah. it lively your checkered and, flag shirt or something like that right yeah exactly <laughs> um i got my sunoco water bottle for nascar yeah it looks like a fuel can like i just got these <laughs> I mean, it also holds water which is yes. or vodka no one ever knows um <laughs> i think another big thing for me was ooh, this is a big one it's gonna shock a lot of people you ready yep don't be an asshole yeah. <laughs> Just be a nice person. Yes. And if you're not a nice person, what? Fine. Just don't be an asshole. Then. Mm-hmm. And it is. It will surprise tons of people how many content creators are not nice. Yeah. Um. Or I wouldn't. Would you say professional? Because I've been on email change with content creators mm-hmm. and with companies. And I guess because I work in corporate America, I'll be like, dear so and so, or like, hey so and so, thank you yeah. so much for like, thank you so much for your time, thank you so much for this. Hey, I appreciate the heads up. Cheers, Ash. Other way, content creator, cool. Why are we doing it? Why? Like the letter Y and a question mark, or just why? Or be like, I don't want to do this. 
I'd be like, my brother in Christ, yeah. what is happening right now? Like, why but, are you acting this way? And then to each other too. Like, there's yeah. some folks who like actively either under not undermine each other, but like will leave people out mm-hmm. or not invite people to certain things. It's like high but like school. invite every. It's it's insane, and I'm like, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna be in my own bubble over here. Yeah, that's my bar. <laughs> We're not like that. No, you're right, and, and you're from you know some aspects of maybe they they never had you know a job in corporate where they had to deal you know professionally with people, and that's you know that's that's all they know. And mm-hmm. the other piece of it about being an asshole on stream is like you don't want to be you don't want to come across as an asshole. You don't want to come off like you're bored or unhappy because somebody can go easily find somebody else who is happy and just you don't want that negativity. I've really a lot of people. Or like being an asshole sells. We've seen that trend I've seen recently on social media. And one of my favorite like social media, like TikTok people mentioned that. She's like, can you stop using each other to like disparage each other and try to get views on TikTok? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Um, and then there, there's a few folks who's just like the whole shtick is kind of being like, what's the degree above, like right below asshole. So mm-hmm. not like quite there yet. Like sometimes they get there, but they're yeah. like right there on the cusp where you're like, Ugh. like I feel weird. Yeah, cringe. But I don't feel un- Yeah. Yeah. Because one of my other pieces of advice is to be cringe, but I mean that in the way of like being yourself. Yes. Because it's better that you be yourself and be out there than because you want to find people like you. Like, mm-hmm. I want people who one are going to be kind. Yeah. You can dislike a driver in my chat. Mm-hmm. You need to give a reason why, but not like a dumb reason. Okay. Don't be like, I dislike Lewis Hamilton because of the way he dresses. Because you're just an idiot if you say that. Okay. Yeah. That's just not how, that's not how life works. You can be like, I dislike. How Lewis Hamilton drives. Yep. I wish he was more an aggressive driver like Max. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, fair, cool. But you can't come to me and be like, Lewis Hamilton's an idiot. Right. Because that's that's not how we vibe. That's not even a reason. And you, he's not an idiot. <laughs> so that's your problem. Or people will be like, Max Verstappen is a terrible person. I'd be like, is he though? Because <laughs> by all accounts, he seems to be um, taking care of um, his girlfriend's daughter pretty well. Yeah. He seems to be very kind to people in the paddock, to his sister. Like, he seems to be a fine guy. So, um, yeah, that's just people will definitely egg on other people in yeah. their streams just to start that conversation because if the chat's flowing, the Twitch algorithm's like, yes, we yeah. like this, which is why a lot of streamers will be like, ask a question and they say if you if it's a yes do one type yes. one or if it's multi like two so you could like people flood and uh, interesting yeah or the emoji thing yep. people or emotes things excuse me wow the shiva stream um so yeah no in my bar we will not be assholes yeah well, that's good and you know what is how would you describe the ash stream oh gosh kind of like basically if you had adhd what did we do yesterday we were talking about motorsport news just in general because I was away for the weekend for IndyCar. Yeah. So didn't get a chance to talk with my stream about Formula One and NASCAR and everything. So we were just covering that. And Chase Elliott broke his leg recently. Yeah. And he's going to be out for six weeks. Um, and I randomly asked chat, who has ever broken a bone? Yeah. And then this reminded me of a conversation that I had in the Discord of pain. Because I was too scared because I want to get a tattoo, but I said I was too scared because of the pain. Mm-hmm. And someone said it was like a bee sting, but I've never been stung by a bee. But I thought it was interesting that the unit of measurement of pain that she used was a bee sting. Right. So then I was like, oh, wait, Chad, who's ever got stung by a bee? And then they, and then we were talking about bee stings. And then someone said something about a, <laughs> a nettle, a stinging nettle. Oh, stinging nettle. Yes. It's like a Which plant. I didn't know what it was until literally yesterday. And everyone made fun of me and what it was. 
And someone goes, hey, have you heard of this other plant? So then I Googled that plant. Yeah. So it turned into a botany lesson <laughs> after Chase Elliott's broken leg. And um, and then I was like, wait, how fast can we go from this plant that I forgot completely what it was yeah. to back to NASCAR? Yeah. <laughs> so we did that Wikipedia game where we had to try to go back to NASCAR. And eventually we rounded up. But yeah, uh, motorsport news, um, a lot of random topics. <laughs> Um, I have these, what I call essentially like fake conspiracy theories, like mm -hmm. big dairy in motorsports. Yeah. Um, Cause Indy 500 is sponsored by the Indiana, Indiana dairy association. Yeah. And even in, during the super bowl, which is like, it's not motorsports, but they had like the young dairy farmer, something recipients for yeah. kids. And I was like, how was big dairy and all these big sports? Like, how did this happen? And then there's also my conspiracy theory about big bowling. In mm -hmm. motorsports, because how is gold bowling sponsoring all these cars and these like races? How much money do they have? Right. And then you look up gold bowling, their whole shtick is lobbying for bowling in the United States of America. And I'm like, who is paying for that? So I got we got a lot of topics <laughs> we have to cover on our stream. Nice. You know, I guess that's makes, you know, approaching streaming from that aspect of things. It keeps it fresh. Versus trying to be a content creator who's just maining one game. You've got to live and breathe this one game every day. Well, yeah, that is difficult. I could not do that, especially the way my brain works. I would get bored very, very quickly. Yeah. The reason I like games is because they end. Like, God yeah. of War has an ending. Like, Stardew Valley, I mean, technically it has no ending, but, like, your grandpa comes back and writes your farm. Like, that's an ending, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, um, yeah if you want to main one game, oof. I wish I have I have literally have no advice there. I have no idea how someone would yeah. be able to do it. I but I'm not also I'm not really variety either because I stick within my motorsport niche. Like I do right. sim racing or I'm covering motorsports or doing sports watch alongs mm -hmm. with Twitch. Um but so there's enough there, there to keep stuff. it keep it fresh though, whether it's yes. NASCAR, F one, I see like racing. The, I feel like I have luckily the best of both worlds. Like mm -hmm. I'm maining motorsport, but I get to change it up from stream to stream about what I want to do within the realm of motorsport. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your Twitch partner story. Mm -hmm. How did you find out, you know, where were, you know, where was, where were you when you got that notification? Oh, that's a great question. I know I was in my living room. <laughs> I find out, was it an email? I think I found out through email. Yeah. And then I went on Twitch and like most of my friends were online. So I was like, look, 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 look. <laughs> um, I got it pretty quickly. I think I started streaming December 2020 and I think I got a December 2021 or November yeah. 2021. Um, but that was thanks to Twitch sports and like the stuff we were doing with Formula One and NASCAR and stuff. Yeah. Um, people kind of just jumped right on in pretty quickly. So yeah, I was in my living room. And, yeah. And I remember just going everywhere to everyone's Twitch stream. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was just like super pumped. And wait, I know I hear a hundred angry keyboards typing. And just check mark doesn't matter. Being a partner doesn't matter. And some people get mad at um, folks who are getting verified mm -hmm. or like, eh, why do you care so much about getting verified? Look, I don't. I do not. But you know who does? The companies that I want to sponsor me. Mm -hmm. Because you and I understand the number of followers you have on Twitch doesn't matter. It matters how many active live viewers you have. Yeah. Companies do not understand that yet. They do not get that. But if I have a check mark, every company understands on social media check mark is good. Yeah. They have that association in their head. Or then more followers you have, that's good. Right. 
So that's why we keep chasing numbers. I'd be happy. Like I'm ecstatic. My community is so kind. We're great. We say good morning to each other every morning on Discord. Like, yeah. <laughs> we send a lot of pep pics. People got a lot of cute puppies and kittens that I keep seeing. <laughs> and like I am stoked and I have I'm very fortunate to see a lot of events. But I'm still small and companies are still like, uh, eh, you only got like what, seven thousand on Instagram? Like, ugh. I'm like, oh my God, like, what do you <laughs> want from me? Yeah. Uh and now, so I get mad. I get mad when people are like, "Oh, why are you chasing the check mark?" Or like, "Why do you care about partners?" Like, I don't. But like, if I ever want to make this a living, mm -hmm. I have to. Yep. And other people, it's an achievement. It's a check mark. It's a check mark for them that they hit a goal. But like you said, it you know it doesn't change your you know your right. It shouldn't change it. No, you still got to put either, the effort in. You can't coast. You got to put the effort in. You still can't. You can't do things you've always done. Once you've yeah. reached that as well, you just got to keep changing up your stuff to yeah. something that's you and now over the, the you know from going live for the first time to you know hitting that achievement and getting that check mark was there a certain point along the way that you like wow i just you know that made you feel like yeah i can get over this hump and i keep keep going or it was just a gradual uh increase in in viewers and people um it was honestly it was a gradual increase yeah. i was a little surprised as well because it was my first time applying um and yeah, a gradual increase. And I also, I think something that I am very fortunate that I, I did is I grew all my social media together at once. I know yeah. a lot of folks like focus on Twitch mm -hmm. and maybe YouTube or recently TikTok. Yeah. But I grew my Twitter, my Instagram, my YouTube and my TikTok, like literally everything all at once up yeah. together. And I think that helped my application a lot too, that I wasn't just like focusing on one um, item. Yeah. Because just focusing on Twitch is not going to, you know, Oh, not anymore. Grow. No, not anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you, you hit all the socials, you know, you never know what's, what video is going to click and bring more viewers over to you to where you're streaming or, you know, check out your YouTube content. Every social media post is a lottery ticket. Yep. And not all lottery tickets are successful, but you just need one to win a million dollars or whatever the jackpot is. That is a great um, quote right there. It's just a game that's yeah. we're, we're all literally playing, <laughs> but yeah. you can't play unless you don't post. Like <laughs> you need to keep doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And now when did you start doing s sort of IRL streams? Sort of like streams Ooh. from outside of, you know, the comfort of the, yeah. the, the home. Um, I first tried, what was I doing? Oh, because Twitch invited to, me to Miami for the Formula One race. Oh, no way. And I was like, there, yes, you could post, but I think IRL streaming is also pretty popular. And I just wanted to like bring people along on yeah. certain adventures. So I first tested it by walking around Washington D.C. downtown. Yeah, um, very fortunate that I forgot that I live in a nice city with probably very nice cell phones or yeah. <laughs> cell service. Because I just stream on my phone. I just use like the Streamlabs application. And it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, I don't want to invest in one of those backpacks just yet, just because they're really expensive. Mm -hmm. Um. And then, yeah, when I went to Miami, I did the IRL stream down there, and that was great. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I just realized if I have good service, which is hard at a racetrack, because mm -hmm. you don't have what not a lot of racetracks have good Wi-Fi, right. let alone the number of people that log mm -hmm. in during race day or during race day, and we're all sharing one cell phone tower in BFE, like upstate New York. Yeah. Um, IRL streaming's harder, but I've done IRL streaming in various other places, like recently when I went to Circuit of Americas um, for a MotoGP Media Day or... 
um, just, yeah, other tracks where it's, it's usually a qualifying day mm-hmm. or just like the day before the big day or two days before where I'm just like walking around the track or if I can capture, capture some of the drivers in the media center is pretty yeah. cool. Oh, very cool. And now what was your first Formula One race that you went to? Um, ooh, I think it was, it was not the Circuit of the Americas that Kimmy won. It was Montreal. Yeah. Which was great. I loved Montreal. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. To be honest, I think we're very spoiled or they're very spoiled in Montreal because you were just jumping on the metro and yep. then you had to walk a little bit when you got off. But that was fine because you're already on the premise of where the race was. Yeah. And everyone was there and you had like vendors and cool stuff. You were like walking through the like the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was so easy. It was like an in and out. Yeah, that's the only one I've been to. And, you know, I don't know if it's still this way. So like Friday, there's all sorts of concerts for the weekend. And like mm-hmm. at one point, I think one of the streets they have basically it seems like anybody who owns a Ferrari or some high end car, they bring <laughs> it along the street and you can go check out all the cool cars. And, and Montreal is just a fantastic city. It just feels like Europe. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of great food. I mean, we did a lot of outdoor stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah, Montreal was great. I really enjoyed that. Austin is great. Just getting to the track sometimes is a. Yeah. Yeah, but because it's so far away. Are you going to try to get to Vegas? Uh, how much money do you think I make? Yeah. <laughs> uh, streaming, I'll tell you, not that much. Not enough to go to Vegas. I ain't buying a $2,000 ticket to yeah. like look through a fence. I don't even know what like a $2,000 ticket could even get me in Vegas. Yeah. I can only imagine because I heard how crazy prices were for the uh, the race in Miami. I can only imagine what Vegas is going to be like. Yeah, Vegas is already very pricey. And then forget about the hotels. Like yes. They're probably already sold out or anything within walking distance of the vicinity. Yeah. It'd yeah. be great. Oh, but also for me, it seems it it's kind of more, unless I can stream mm-hmm. live from the track, which who knows if F1 copyright will ever let me do that. Right. Um, it's more worth it for me to get the front page of Twitch and stream from home. Yeah. To get all the American viewers who are also watching along. Mm-hmm. Then just to be at a race, a general mission, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, not being able to stream stuff. Yeah. And in the last few years, it seems like F1 is just starting to explode again into. Yeah. Into, I mean, it was a, has Bob Ross say this? It was a happy accident. I mean, not even the box, box, box films could have predicted oh, God. what would have happened. It was a perfect storm of COVID. Mm-hmm. Everyone at home. Yep. Um, this is the first kind that it, of like rank because now they just released the tennis one and like NASCAR has their own indie car, but it was yeah. kind of just like following the bandwagon. Right. It just happened to be a perfect storm and no one thought it would explode this much. Yeah. Um, there's some interviews with like the director. He'd be like, we didn't think this would happen. <laughs> there's like, now we have to keep going. Right. We thought we'd do one season and now we are on out four or five. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like I remember, so I've been loving F1 since the days of Schumacher and Jacques Villeneuve back then in, in, Indy ended up getting the F1 race, but then a couple of years after, they had the tire debacle. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yes. You know, you have people spending so much money to go to Indy, and because of a tire issue, you had four Six cars race. No one's there. You had two Ferraris and two uh, Jordans, and it was just like, oh tire my gate. God. Yeah, that would have been crazy. And it took a while, I think, for F1 to recoup that, that you know, blow to their image. And it's it's in a wonderful spot right now. A lot of great stories, great drivers. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that. I'll just say yeah. I'll just agree with you there. <laughs> sure. Sure they do. I got I got minor beef with F1. Oh, you well, don't share. What's the F1 beef? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, give me the beef. Um my 
and I have different levels of beef. Beef, yeah. like there's like carpaccio level beef, where it's just like small. Okay, I can push it aside. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But then there's like a one steak beef, <laughs> tender, like huge um, T-bone steak. Um, I don't even know what I would level this beef with. So here's my thing. There's a certain connotation that F1 gives off, mm-hmm. and there's a certain connotation they give or portray other motorsports as lesser than. Oh yes. And I think one of the one of many greatest marketing things that F1 has ever pulled off is they're just not like every other motorsport. They're all getting greasy back there. Mm-hmm. They're all getting tire shreds on each other. They're all dealing with wrenches and hitting each other and like just like every other motorsport. Yeah. Were you coming off that this is all fancy? It is gross in those garages. Like it is noisy. It's loud. There's just like WD forty everywhere. Yeah. Duck, like what do you think? Like what? Like we're not fancy. Like we're all just a bunch of like motorheads. Yeah. And I don't know how somehow they put lipstick on a pig and <laughs> they called it F1. And it's just like you don't have to do that. Like, I don't know. But you're rubs you the wrong way. It's sort of like, you know, you have the equestrian versus the guys who are racing around a track and, you know, pulling their buggies. You know, you have different levels and and when you think of the equestrian, you always think of like the, you know, the polish, the posh, the rich people versus uh, sort of like similar to F1. But when you look at NASCAR, it's like, oh, that's the lesser. But no, it's just gearheads and different types of racing. Here's the next greatest marketing thing in the world that F1's ever done. That somehow they've somehow convinced that like, for example, like NASCAR is not that is like the cheap version of motorsports. Do you know how much a NASCAR char- charter cost mm-hmm. to have a goddamn team, even on the grid? Costs around twenty to thirty million dollars. Yep. Okay, just to have one car on the grid, and then yep. you're allowed to have up to four charters. Mm-hmm. And you know you're how dr- And how many races? All around. How many your- races? Yeah. And then how many times a car gets wrecked that you got to fucking fix it? Mm-hmm. You're paying your staff. You're paying the team. You're also moving constantly around. Yeah. Like NASCAR is also not cheap. Like none of these motorsports are cheap. And I don't no. know how F1 has somehow said like, "Oh, we're super expensive." I was like, "You, you all are." Yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> oh, so now if you had to rank, actually, let's go back to NASCAR. What was your first NASCAR race you went to? Dover Motor Speedway last oh, year. How was Shout that? out to Doug York. Doug is great. Um, it was awesome. It was so. This is. Let me let me tell you what happened. I was doing my thing, mm-hmm. and then I get an email from Dover Motor Speedway, and they're like, hey, we've seen your Twitch streams. Well, Doug's seen my Twitch streams. Yeah. Shout out, Doug. And he goes, we'd like to invite you to a NASCAR race. And I was like, I don't cover NASCAR. Is that okay? And he's like, that's fine. Just do what you do, but do it at the race. Yeah. And Dover is only an hour and a half from D.C., which I did not realize. It was clo- it's closer mm-hmm. than Richmond. Um, and I went. It was awesome. <laughs> I, got a, I got a tub of mashed potatoes. It shoved in my face. <laughs> There's so much to do outside the track. Mm-hmm. Like you could watch the race. Like they have like TV set up and like certain stations set up where you can watch the race from yeah. outside and not even go in if you don't want to. And they'll have each track is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dover, I really enjoyed because they had like a local beer garden, like yeah. a local brewery come out and just like set up a beer garden. Uh, Richmond had something similar. Um, and there's like all these vendors and all these things for kids and yeah. like playgrounds and music and like companies, of course, but companies have a bunch of free stuff and free yeah. games and it's like all good fun. And then, of course, in the track is really cool, like the access again that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just everyone's just happy for a good time. Yeah. You know? And everyone's bringing their cooler. Like, yeah. People are like, hey, you want a beer? Because they noticed like me and my friends were like sitting in the grandstands without beer. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. It, it is such a great experience. Like, because you're there for three days. If anybody's going, you everybody who's traveling there, you're there for the 
practice, some qualifying. You get, you know, the Nationwide or something else along with it. The ARCA Series maybe on the Saturday, the big race on the Sunday. And it's, yeah, it's just a good time. And it's different than a normal baseball or football because, you, you know, you got two teams. At a NASCAR track, you got mm-hmm. 38 drivers, 35 drivers. Everybody's cheering for different guys. They're one guy. And it's just, it's a, it's a blast. Yeah. Oh, definitely bring hearing protection no matter what motorsport yes. you go to. That's my pro tip. But yeah, I mean, you can vote, you can like root for a team in yeah. NASCAR if you really want to, but I think you'd like rather root for a driver that everyone has like opinions on drivers yeah. and they don't want to tell you why they hate this person or they, why they love this person. Um, so yeah. I always appreciate that. And then getting the headsets so you can tune into any of the drivers. Yeah. That is, that is just cool. the cherry on the, on the top right there. For folks who don't know, you can buy, um, shucks, what are they called again? Um, you can buy, oh, you can buy like the race radios. Mm-hmm. Um, you can rent them out at the track and essentially it's a little radio with like headset, which would be your noise protector, but you can dial into any driver's radio. Um, it'll say the name on the, uh, on the radio. Um, and then you can just like tune into what they're doing during the race, which is really fun. Yeah. Cause you see things happening around a race that you, you know, you, you, you know, when originally I thought of NASCAR racing, it was just like left-hand turn. It was boring. But going to the track, hearing the the battles going on between, and it's just it it adds a whole different layer of, of you know fun to the to the to, to the experience. Explain to people that those left hand turns are not just like you making a left hand on the street. Yeah, like you, you're at a stop sign, you're like, oh, I have to turn left. Like it is the banking on certain tracks, mm-hmm. how rough certain tracks are, whether they've been recently paved or they still have like the 2011 pothole from Daytona, like whether what the issues there are. Um, it's difficult, especially yeah. how quick they're going, how close they are. Inches away um, at 200 miles an hour, you got you're in the middle of a three wide. It's crazy. Certain lengths of each track, like I like super speedways on iRacing. I can't do short tracks, and I have not mastered those. It's very difficult for me when to lift. Like I saw it and figured it out. I will yeah. get there, but it is yeah, they're difficult. They're not easy. And I wish people would be like, oh, it's just left hand turns. I'm like, okay, then you try to you try to do it in the simulator that they have at NASCAR races, and then you let me know how you do. Yeah, and then we'll go from there. Exactly. But you have, for example, Fernando Alonso did an incredible weekend with Aston Martin this, oh my this God. past F1 race, this F1 season opener. But, like, he hasn't won the Indy 500, and he's twice, twice. He's yep. tried twice. So, like, each motorsport has, like, its strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Roman wow. Grosjean was an F1, right? And he's doing really well in IndyCar. Like, it just goes, it's just all different. Like, yep. <laughs> Jimmy Rankin does well in Formula One. And then NASCAR, he did pretty okay in Watkins Glen mm-hmm. until he got yeeted. But yeah. He's gonna go NASCAR again and Coda coming up. So like each discipline is like a just different skill set. You yeah. gotta respect all of them, in my yeah. opinion. You don't have to watch all of them, but you gotta respect all of them. So now, if you had to rank your favorite sort of forms of racing, F one atop, NASCAR or GP Sport, what's what's your ranking? Ooh, I really enjoyed IndyCar this weekend, but I was just biased because I was there. <laughs> <laughs> um. I really enjoyed IMSA. Yeah. I really enjoy multi-class racing. I think it adds a little bit of spice to everything. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so yeah, I'm going to go with either kind of like endurance racing or just IMSA kind of racing where they have the multi-class yeah. settings, like Le Mans 24, example, um, or Daytona 24, Sebring 12, things like that. That's one of my, I think that's one of my favorites to watch. And I also appreciate the endurance races of, I, I understand F1's for speed, mm-hmm. two hours. If they can go even faster for even less time, I'm sure they would figure it out somehow. Yeah. Um, but no, I appreciate a good 12-hour, 24-hour race where you're like, damn, I should buy this car next time I'm looking for <laughs> to buy one. <laughs> that's the whole point, right? You win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah. 
Oh. And it works. So I really appreciate IMSA. And then, yeah, probably like somewhere around like IndyCar, F1. I like NASCAR. I think people say NASCAR is boring. And I was like, it's so dramatic. If only you knew about mm-hmm. everything that went on between the drivers and like the teams. Oh, if yeah. I could just explain that to you, uh, you would love it. Yeah. What about rally? Have any interest in going out into the woods and, and watch a rally race? Uh, I do. I feel like it's a little bit harder there because you are just stationed in one place and right. you see like Zoom value every so often. Yeah. Um, no, but I think we always argue, of course, you can't compare who's the best, like who's the best driver in the world, right? Yeah. You can't compare. No. People will say Max Verstappen, F1, blah, blah, blah. But I'd say he's like Sebastian Loeb from rallying because mm-hmm. I just think rallying like every single, every single kind of surface, every single kind of track, yeah. like the way you can control your car Day and, and navigate. night and yeah, it's crazy. Right. Um, yeah, I think rallying is crazy, but I don't know if I would ever, I mean, I would go to a race, like sure. Yeah. It just might be a little different experience than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And now, when, now that you've, you know, you're going to these tracks, and are you crossing paths with your traditional media people? And do they, they, you know, do they know who you are? Like you're a Twitch streamer. Do they even know what Twitch is? Are you having any like conversations yeah. with people? It's it's like eighty five percent no, fifteen percent yes. Yeah. Some people I've just met because I they frequently see me in. It's like the same people, yeah. Like especially for photographers, media's or like motorsport right. writers, they've seen it. Um, NASCAR, no one has any idea what's going on. <laughs> it's just someone sat down with me because like the cafeteria, the media room. I'm like, there's only like five tables. They're so like, hey, can I sit here? Absolutely. Like I'm not gonna hog ten chairs. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, so what do you do? Like, who do you write for? Like, who do you work with? Right. And I was like, myself. And he goes, what do you mean? That makes no sense. And I go, well, I'm content i just never know what to say because i don't want to say influencer right yeah um we're like content creator like everyone now calls himself a content creator so it's just like uh how do i distinguish myself right so i was like i stream on twitch as like a content creator and, and i like try to add really quickly like instagram youtube tiktok I, i'm like how do i factor right that? if you know if someone is listening can tell me how i can market myself a little bit better and he goes i don't know what that is and i was like oh can you? i was like imagine sports center I do that, but on a website called Twitch. Yep. He goes, oh, so you work for ESPN. <laughs> and I was like, no. I was just using that as a, as a compare, as a metaphor. Right. I was just, <laughs> um, I, and then I was like, at some point you're just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I work for ESPN. Just, I don't care. Um, yeah. So a lot of traditional media in NASCAR is uh, unaware. Yeah. I think IMSA is warming up to the idea mm-hmm. of having me around. Um, as someone from IMSA is listening to this and like cackling, denying my entry um, to the next race. Um, I I know people in the IMSA like media center. They're yeah. really nice and they're fine. And IMSA is pretty accessible mm-hmm. in general. So it's pretty like, and if you get like a, if you sign up with a team or you just work with a team and teams are pretty open yeah. as well, um, you kind of get the same access. You just don't go into the media center, yeah, which is fine. Um, so now it's not a big deal. Is there any communication between you and NASCAR saying, hey, I'm, you know, or do they like, what are you? And, you know, are they clueless to that? Well, that's a question. I think NASCAR knows I exist. Yeah. I don't think they know what to do. Right. A lot of, and, and this is just not just a NASCAR issue. Sorry, NASCAR, I love you. Come back. Um, this is a motorsport, I think, issue. Formula mm-hmm. One is slowly getting there. Yeah. I've had a lot of teams that are motorsport. Like they'll invite me to the race or whatever. And yeah. I'll be like, okay, what's the goal? Like, wh- for example, like a journalist has a story, like right. not only are you writing, but who are you winning? But like, I'm like, I would like to know what sponsors you want me to highlight. And then, yeah, I'll make it genuine. Like, it's not going to be an ad. Right. But I'd be like, oh, like, 
AWS, like, what do like I can talk about it on stream? I can make something up. It's like, yeah, rough. Um, anything we want to highlight, like, Dover was very specific. Dover is great. Dover, for example, was like, hey, we want to highlight what, what you can do around the track. Mm-hmm. Like, we can show you that when it's close to DC, we hold a lot of events throughout the year, show that you don't have to be in the track to enjoy all these festivities that happen. Yeah. And how accessible it is. Like, we want you to highlight that. Right. Like, do so. I was like, great, I can do my thing, but highlight those things. Yeah. A lot of people have invited me and they're like, oh, just go do your thing. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I can talk about conspiracy theories in a corner. Like, what does that mean? Like, what, like, what do you want me to talk about? Like, just go do your thing, showcase the sport. And I was like, right. I could have done that at home. <laughs> Why do you have me here? Yeah. It's just, there's like some disconnect where they just don't know what to do because mm-hmm. we're not an employee. But like, it's like a weird yeah. balance. And then I just come now with suggestions of like what I've done with other places or what I think would be work well here if I can have yeah. this kind of access. This is the video I want to do. Or like, can I live stream this is a big thing. Um, can I get access to this, et cetera. Yeah. So I come with more poignant direction sometimes. Oh, cool. And now is there one race on the calendar that you would love to go to just be a part D500. of? D500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even finish it. It's like it was there. I will sell all, I will sell everything I have to go. I think that'd be amazing. Now, what about it? The history or? History. I've been to the track for GG World Challenge, and that was incredible. That's, yeah. that's like a whole mecca, if I if I may, um, just being there as well. Um, all the volunteers who work there, mm-hmm. just they're just like super stoked. First of all, at all racetracks, if you ever talk to a volunteer, they're like, oh, yeah, I just grew up here. Like, I've worked here for like X number of years or like my dad worked in this position and he he had to retire, so now I want to volunteer. Yeah. You know, incredible stories, especially from the um, Indianapolis Motor Speedway volunteers and folks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's a great location. In general, the media center is really nice. It seems like a lot more updated some, than certain tracks I've been to as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, just the history, the racing that's behind it. Um, I think IndyCar is huge, and I've heard tons of stories of people who've attended before, and they're like, yeah, it's a must. You have to go there. Like, the energy, the yeah. people, how excited everyone is, et cetera. Awesome. And now, did you say you started doing NASCAR watch parties? Yeah, NASCAR. I added NASCAR and IndyCar to my and now, tour. So now you've got, are you seeing different people show up for the different races or the different, yes. and, or, you know, any, like, is chat wilder because it's a NASCAR race versus an F1 race? You know, everybody's just drinking tea and eating carumpets at F1 watch parties. No, so it's great because my core community will stay throughout the rest of them and yeah. they'll be like, wow, I've never watched this before. I'll be like, so like, for example, my huge F1 community and they're like, oh yeah, we'll start watching NASCAR because like we get to still hang out all together, but now we're watching NASCAR and like, we'll figure it out um, together. But yeah, you will get new people in and they learn real quick what the vibes are. Yeah. And I think that's, I, we're pretty obvious and how we operate and, or someone comes in. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm a woman in motorsport. So if you're coming in and you're like being kind, like that's already a positive because there's already been tons, like way too many instances where people will not watch or be like. Or someone will like DM me on Twitter and be like, oh, I saw you on Twitch, but you're a woman talking motorsport. And I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, okay. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. Just... So the fact you're already in there and like having a normal conversation, yeah. I'm like, great. We're, we're off to a fine start. You know? Yeah. Like the bare minimum <laughs> is like what passes for me. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, so what is, uh, I also saw on your Twitter, your BS competition or BS plus competition. What is that? Yes. BS plus competition is a BMW sim racing team. Um, so also an esports organization because they not only do they do sim racing stuff, but um, I've joined as like one of their I think their first content creator. I'm, I'm calling it. I don't care. Sorry if I offended someone else on the team. 
but they have an army of sim racers who like done ESL Ren Sport, which is the newest one, and they compete in like with against you know like Williams Esports and stuff like yeah. that. They primarily represent BMW. Just being a content creator for them, and I stream on their Twitch channel every week on Wednesday. Um, I'll be covering their sim racing stuff when they do races as well. So like mm-hmm. doing watch alongs on their channel. Uh, and just like yeah, just supporting and getting that access. They've they are they're also affiliated with Turner Motorsports mm-hmm. and IMSA. So it's been great because Turner um got me access for the Daytona twenty four, which is oh, how, wow. how I was able to go and get that get the team stuff. So that was really awesome. So shout out, shout out Turner. Cool. Yeah, I think last year I started watching some of the iRacing stuff and some of the content people are putting together for these races, you're like watching a NASCAR production with some of them. It is great. Like the sim racing, like the full on, like essentially what iRacing puts together for e- yeah, eNASCAR yeah. and stuff like that. It is insane. Yeah. And you're, you're pulling in, re- you know, drivers who are actually physical drivers and that's, you know, adding on to it. I think the thing I love about sim racing, besides me constantly having to learn how to drive um, <laughs> and be faster than the person in front of me, is the fact that you can, I don't know if you can do this in any other sport. I'm just like if you jump in the NASCAR ovals, yep. you will see NASCAR drivers during the week. Right. People have raced, or like Roman Grosjean was um, also in like an eye racing race like yep. a week ago or something. Someone was selling me in Tampa. And you're just like, I feel like no other sport allows that. Or right. like you realize that you're playing against someone who's also a professional in that same sport. Yeah. It's like pretty cool. It is. Yeah. You're not going to be, you know, playing some pickup hoops and in walks in like, you know, LeBron or something. That's not happening. Like the virtual Le Mans 24 had, right? Max Verstappen, for example, yeah. and his team Line Sim. Yeah. That's crazy. So. It's wild. All right. So what other content creators, uh, you know, people should check out that are maybe flying under the radar or they've never heard of before? Ooh, are we talking like Twitch specifically? Yeah, for your, or... you know, in your, you know, anyone that you think people should check out, just, you know, be interested in, in watching. Ooh. Well, you'd be surprised. A lot of motorsport drivers do stream for example i'm sure you know tony canon yeah um daniel morad um michelle abate she streams um who do i know from streaming pondon again who i mentioned the australian um twitch streamer yeah he's awesome he's such a good kid um daniel gray 10 is a great sim racing streamer does a lot of iRacing. he's a he's a goober but i he's great <laughs> he's really fun um we have aerotech who does iRacing, sim racing stuff as well. Yeah. Wow, I have like a list of streamers. I'll just send you a whole email about these. <laughs> um, I think those are like the big ones yeah. that I definitely watch frequently and participate in. Um, Tony Cowan Brown also does stream. She does more like news and motorsports during mm-hmm. the day. So cool. those are the big ones. Yeah, Tony Cannon. I saw you just met him recently too. He is such a nice man. And I don't care what anyone says. You can be nice and be successful. Like yeah. there's no way that man has an evil bone in his body. Sure, he has bad days, don't we all? Mm-hmm. But the reason I'm such a fan, like he did not need to be so nice to me when I started streaming. And yeah. I still remember that, like how kind he was and like the time he's given and his wife as well. Oh, Last wow. year during the Indy 500, like the week of, they sent me like a merch package. That no way. And I was like, you guys are so busy right now with like the Indy 500 stuff. And they yeah. have like a whole thing during the week. And like they like name driver street. Like they have a whole right media stuff. Yeah. And like they took the time to send a package out to make sure I had it for stream and stuff like that. That's fantastic. It's like, it's just, don't, you don't need to do that. It's so nice. Yeah. I think I was watching uh, Summit maybe one night mm-hmm. and he was doing eye racing and he had Tony on and Tony was giving, you know, hints and instructions. It was like, it was such a cool thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. He'll do that. Yeah. You just Tom, Thompson. He's like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> 
Uh, all right, so now you're stepping away. You're not doing any race coverage. What you know? What does Ash do when she's not at the computer and out and about? Maybe. No, I just lay on the couch. I'm tired. <laughs> it takes a lot of mental load for me. I don't know what it is. I get exhausted after a stream. Yeah. Some people get amped up. I have to amp myself up to start streaming, especially mm-hmm. like Formula One in the mornings. I'm just listening to like heavy like pop music or some like yeah. workout gym music. And um, yeah. And then afterwards, I'm just tired. Yeah. Well, you're talking. Not, you're talking the whole time, and and being on. Yeah. You can't just do it half ass. Yeah, I call myself an extroverted introvert. Like I'm good with people, and I can talk, but then it exhausts me. Like I yeah. need to lay down on the couch. I do like to read. I like to work out. Um, sim- I guess like sim racing is a big thing. Like I already do that for streaming. Yeah. Um, what I used to do, I used to be a power lifter, but that kind of slowed down during the pandemic and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I still like to work out and like lift weights when I can. Um. Just going on hikes and stuff when it gets warmer. We do a little bit of paddle boarding. Nice. I definitely appreciate things that make me put my phone down. So we mm-hmm. rock climb as well during the week. Nice. Because um, the more I can put my phone down, because our entire life is content creators and on screens. I just I, I edit videos on my phone. I'm constantly staring at my computer. Even the Peloton has like a screen. Yeah. Um, and then if I sure I can put it down while I'm watching TV, but it's it's right there. Right. And as a, like I just have a bad habit of scrolling, like seeing what's going on in my Discord. Anything that forces me to put my phone down and not be able to use it, i.e. rock climbing, um, is something I really enjoy. Yeah, cool. Any book recommendations? What's a book that people should read? That's one of your Ooh, favorites. Any T.J. Klune books, um, Under the Whispering Door and House in the Cerulean Sea, that made me cry. Oh. Um, and there's also a great book. Oh, I forget the author. It's called A Woman is No Man. A mm-hmm. uh, Woman is No Man. Oh, Etaf Rum. Definitely recommend. All right. Cool. Any big plans this year? I've signed a lot of NDAs. Yes. And that's all I got. All right. That works. (laughs) Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Editing. So did you have any background in, you know, editing and creating content or everything like that? Or just taught yourself? Nope. All self-taught. Yeah. You kind of just, uh, yeah, just figure out. Again, you come across all these videos. It's like how to do what, how to do what. Yeah. Um, I downloaded DaVinci Resolve was the first thing. Yeah because that was free mm-hmm. and it's just, i love youtube i love the internet you just google how to do something like how yeah. to do this effect how to do whatever and then eventually tiktok kind of changed that a little bit yeah because they prefer like the talking the natural face to face things like that or with like certain minimal things popping up um but yeah no it's all self-taught and or i just see what's trending or what other people are doing that's working well and not mimic but like adopt it and make right. it your own yeah essentially but yeah everything is everything is self-taught from stripping to sim racing <laughs> to uh, video editing, anything having to do with branding of the Twitch stream and business, you just kind of learn yeah. on your own. Any sponsors or any companies you want to give a shout out to that, you know, that helped you along the way? Oh, I definitely have to shout out next level racing for supporting me by providing this lovely rig that you see back here. Oh, nice. um, they recently upgraded it too, which is very nice for them. Um, considering what my eye rating is, but I really appreciate that. And then Logitech for also giving me a chance. And, you know, we did a little bit of things with them and they provided their new Logitech Pro wheel for me. So that was really nice. Awesome. And I appreciate that. I was like, oh, hey, thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, hey, you survived the podcast. But before you go, I have asked every guest when they were done, they've got a shout out to somebody who they want to, they think has a good story and should come on the podcast. Ooh, someone who should be on the podcast? Yeah, who has a good story in your circles? I'm going to go with Pondin. All I right. feel like you should interview. I feel like you'd be go. great. Cool. Well, Ash, thank you so much for doing this. It was wonderful to meet you and hear your story. 
Oh, this is fun. I'm glad we got to find a time and get together and organize this. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, you have a good night. You too.